Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. We are here with another three-issue episode. Yeah, there's a lot happening. We have the final issue for this Darwin arc that we have. Mm. Terry's giving birth. And in two out of these three episodes, Peter David puts a specific plug in to not dish out spoilers. Yeah. So you know something big is going to happen in these three issues, or multiple somethings. Yes. It's in his tag at the beginning where he's like, please don't go on the internet and destroy everything. Yes. Which maybe people should do that nowadays. We're talking about UX spoilers Twitter. Yeah. Like, when we, not everyone reads it the minute it comes out, and so... Yeah, I feel big... people get it digitally, like they're still up when it releases digitally and they read it the same night. And it's like, I'm not going to my local comic store until probably after work on a Wednesday, if I'm lucky, if I work on site on a Wednesday. Right. If not, I'm getting it Thursday or Friday, like the next chance I have to go in. Yeah. Like a three-day grace period (laughs) at the minimum would be nice. It really would. It's sort of annoying. And I mean, you got spoiled on a book this past week. And I've been spoiled before, too. And it's like, come on, like, it's a comic. It is not the end of the world if you just save your social media posts for a hot second and let other people read it and enjoy it. Or say, like, this is so cool. I'm going to be super vague. I hope everyone else enjoys it, too. Right. So not to start off the the podcast on a negative note. No, but it connects to sort of what Peter David was writing back in 2008, 2009. That, hey, cool it was spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. Maybe to, to reverse the, the tone, the bun buns are having a good day. Yes. We uh, we just sat down after cleaning their houses. And their houses are like three by four. No, pens. two by three. Oh. They fit on top of the those kennel trays. So there's a sheet on top. And then there's the tray. So yes. when they choose not to use the box, it doesn't destroy the carpet. And when they chew hay everywhere. Yes. We can just bundle it all up and shake it outside. Yes. So it's great for the mulch. It just takes like an hour to lift and bundle and vacuum and unfurl and tuck. Yeah. The tucking. Yes. That's what the drag queen said. (laughs) So, and they're not in these two by three pens all day, every day. Um, even when I work on site, I strive to give them like three hours out each because they're not bonded. So they have to do that separately. So if you think about that, that's nine hours of my day where I am rotating bunnies. It's gotten a little bit better now that we can do halvesies across the living room. Yeah. Once I thought about that, (laughs) it made it easy. And we strategically placed Nick in the middle. So either Asta or Nora would still be in their house. And Nick is the buffer. Yep. Because he is not overtly aggressive like Nora right but so they exercise Nick is currently romping so if you hear a little ba-dum, ba-dum. yes it's him going across the foam squares in the living room it is a very accurate ba-dum, ba-dum. yes and he we it, with some encouragement he did the stairs today he was exiled to the kitchen during the cleaning process yes and in previous weeks he would take the initiative to climb up the stairs himself while we were in the middle of cleaning and just be like oh hey nick where do you come from dads dads i'm here to supervise you do not give me enough treats (laughs) you missed a spot he's a very good supervisor if any bun is around in the active cleaning area it's usually him because he doesn't get into trouble the other two would like crawl under something and just chew some wires for a while yeah nick is a very brave boy yes um in other comic news i got a comic back from cgc i got something graded i got uncanny 266 i'll post this on the instagram at some point in the next week um but i had this in the collection and sent it in they pressed it it's a 9.8 which is basically the highest grade you can get like 9.9 and 10.0 is basically unattainable. That seems very rare. Like as soon as someone touches it, it seems like it would go down. I know. And I had my doubts about this book, but the graders got it in and did their thing. And it came via FedEx yesterday, along with a 50 pound case of hay. 
And there's another 50-pound case of hay coming shortly. They go through 50 pounds in one month. Yes. Yes. They're very hungry buns. Yeah, their digestive systems are just... On fire, but in a good way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't heard anyone sound off about the uh, pop culture pop-up. Oh, really? Yeah. No one has said they want it back. Oh. Yeah. So people, I didn't do research this week. Probably, I mean, I read I read the comics, but I didn't do research. I mean, they were probably over me being like, I don't know who this incredibly popular singer is. Um, I don't recognize this Who's song. Britney? Okay, I do know who Britney is. Okay. All right. So what issue number are we opening with? Number 38. This is February of 2009. Oh, wow. I was in grad school. I was just working. Yeah, you took campus. a break between undergrad and grad school. Yeah. I years. I went balls to the wall and I'm like, I'm doing grad school right away because it's what you should do in our field. Yeah. And that neither of us are in our field <laughs> that we went to grad school for. No, all those student loans are that they're all like, this will be worth it. Yep. Nope. No. Although uh, I mean since we both work in public service, like my public ones were forgiven. My private loans, not so much. I know I've got a couple of years still. I two well, they did that weird consolidation thing. Oh, and I need to do the forms. Where they lumped everything and they're like, oh, here, I'm a private firm. Like they're with like a big bank and then they sold it. And at some point they all got smashed into one loan payment out across three loans. You didn't have to initiate that. They just no, did they it. Just did it. It seems illegal. It does seem illegal. I should I should write Joe Kamala. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so there are three loans within this big loan, and two of them are getting paid off this year. Like I have like six months of payments, and then one is like five more years. Oh, because of course it is. Of course. I know. On the my favorite policy thing regarding student loans is. The, one of the people who I think was suing because he didn't want to be moved into an upper tax bracket because the forgiveness would count as income and boost him up. Oh. And the press secretary is like, this is a voluntary program. If you don't want to take part in it, you don't have to. Ooh. I, just, I just really love that clapback. Yeah. Like, you don't have much like to stand on since we're not forcing you into it. Yeah. I mean, the public loan, the public service loan forgiveness program is great. Yes. Um, and I harbor no ill feelings about people who can now take advantage of just the general loan forgiveness. Like, right, yeah, I had to, off. yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I had to pay it for almost a decade because COVID took some of that out oh, because yeah. they paused it for a while. But like, yeah, I paid years and years to, back to the government. I'm not begrudging anyone who doesn't have to pay anything back to the government. Right. I have a whole, there's a whole thing about how, uh, they framed college as necessary for our generation. And yeah, yeah, it's, that's real. It's real. Like it was like college is basically where you need to go. And then millions it'll of, and it'll be worth it. You'll pay off your loan super fast. Oh, yeah. It'll build your credit in a good way. I'm like, nope, nope. And nope. There's so many other things I would, could have been doing. I know. Think of all the money. Like all the home projects that could have been done. I know. Anyway. All right. So we are in issue 38. Dear listener, this is the last issue where we all complain about the art. And only for a few and it's a, But it's curious that Nelson does pencils and inks for pages 5 through 22. Larry Stroman pencils 1 through 4. John Siebel inks 1 through 4. So Nelson is probably a pen name for a different artist Oh, that they was, brought in. Because it's not the... Um, Virtual calligraphy, VCs. VCs for the lettering. Corey Petit. Oh, he's still around. He's like, I've noticed the letterers. I mean, Corey is still doing tons of books, but even as you read other books from this era, the um, letterers are basically the same. Like, letterers have stuck around for decades. Nice. And we have newer ones like Ariana Mahar on some of the current X books, and she's newer. Oh, um, but like Corey still around, still doing the thing. Whenever the ex-wife says VCs, <laughs> such and such, usually sometimes Corey Pettit, because that's how I remember the name. It's yeah. Their podcast. Thank you to you, ex-wife. Yes. 
Um, it makes it seem like it's like a firm, like a conglomeration, and then like Nelson, as it seems like it's a a very fancy thing. Mm. All so, right. So what's our rundown here? What's Peter David saying? Oh my goodness. There were all sorts of things happening. X-Factor members Madrox, Monet, Strong Guy, and Longshot have tracked their kidnapped teammate Darwin to a warehouse owned by the Karma Project. Uh, so they're just including Longshot and Darwin in X-Factor now as teammates. Yeah, and it's not really formal. Like, they sort of just showed up and they're like, all right, well, you're part of the team. And it wasn't even really Longshot for a while. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mr. Manu, the project's head, ordered the warehouse to be blown up, which it was, but X-Factor being X-Factor, the explosion didn't stop them. It does explain why Monet is wearing one of Madrox's shirts, though. As X-Factor find Manu, they're unexpectedly confronted by an army of Darwins, all possessing his ability to instantly evolve to survive any situation. Meanwhile, back at X-Factor headquarters, the pregnant siren went into labor. Government official Valerie Cooper was there, too, revealing to Siren and Richter some of Madrox's secrets. But Siren's water-breaking really took priority. Yeah, it did. Meanwhile, Peter David, who usually writes these things, is busy right now, so editor John Barber wishes to thank penciler Larry Stroman and inker John Siebel, who got unexpectedly pulled off to do other projects for all their work in the series, and to thank guest artist Nelson for his exemplary work in this issue. Oh, I really, I I didn't research this. Like, this week was such a mess for me this past week that I didn't research what went down about Larry Stroman on this title. Oh, I mean, if they're going on to other things, cool. But also I good guess, for us. Yes, <laughs> very good for us. Um, Yeah, dear listener, this was in the omnibus, and the, the that page doesn't exist in the omnibus that I had. No, that's the the collected editions and even some of the stuff on Marvel Unlimited. And we've talked about this a little bit before, but it's been a while. They cut stuff out. Yeah. Like they cut out letters pages, which there aren't really letters pages in this book anymore, which is sad because Peter David was having a lot of fun with them. Yes. Um, but also the intro pages, because in Omnibus, I guess they just expect you to binge read. I mean, which I did because yes. it's X Factor and I couldn't put it down. But then it was just odd because I thought that the issue break happened when the art change happened and I had to go back to be like, oh, but this is the splash page. And mm. where exactly is what's happening? Yeah. So here we go. Uh, so they're at X-Factor headquarters. Oh, my God. Water broken. And there's like a little gremlin person wielding a hammer running off on the sidewalk. I don't know. Oh, because oh, there's a tiny Thor doll. Oh. That's a nice touch. Okay. Richard's trying to help Siren. Val Cooper's there. I don't think that's a gremlin. I think that's just supposed to be a child. Oh. It's just drawn very poorly. <laughs> that's a child. <laughs> but it's as high as the, that person's knee. It's a child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So, <laughs> Val dropping some practical advice, like maybe don't sit down. Mm. And so Siren and Richter are walking off. Um, Val has some shady thing to say about midwives, which I feel, yeah. I felt that has come around. A lot of people are using midwives now. Yeah. And but, doing like at-home births. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do with that kiddie pool? After you've shot a kid out in it? <laughs> do you like, do you scrub it down? Do you use it for the kid feel- when they're bigger so they can have a kiddie pool? Or do you just throw it out? Is that an expense? I feel like you'd have to comment that after. There's too many bodily fluids. So to comment it, you couldn't have one of the inflatable ones. It'd have to be one of the hard round ones. Yeah, otherwise there'd be too many folds and it would smell and oh. germs would fester. Oh, they would. Oh, no. This is it, not the rabbit hole that we meant to go down. So anyone out there who's had a water birth at home, what do you do with it? We know what someone who I, did, but that was in her bathtub. At least you can comment a bathtub. <laughs> but see, if I were giving birth, and I'm not a woman, and I will never give birth, nor have a child. We have bun buns. <laughs> um, and that's close enough for me. But I'd want to do it in the living room so I could watch some TV. Granted, you could have a tablet in the bathroom, but no. You or play to, some Xbox. You would drop that in the water? And the then, controller? No, the, the tablet. I've so that's why the living room would be, would be better. Yes. Like... It, 
if you're scared of dropping like an Xbox controller into it in the living room, just put it in a baggie. Oh. There are ways that, wow, birthing tips from Daryl and Philip. Oh, please don't follow those. <laughs> Stay tuned for more. <laughs> what I was going to say is that things like doulas and midwives, I think, are coming around. They again. are because it's perfectly legitimate. Yeah. Like, get someone experienced here who knows what they're doing. Absolutely. Like, they train. It's not just someone who is like, I'm a midwife. Because I said so. Right. Because I said so. There's training. There's apprentice. Like, it's legit like you have to be an apprentice for a while, I think. That's cool. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Siren asks, God, where's Jamie when we need him? And then we cut to Jamie and the crew with this army of Darwins. And Because they went through that tunnel. Yes. Punched through the wall. And there, there was the big bad. Yep. And so the big bad slips that these are volunteers and not actually darwin so then they don't actually have to feel bad about kicking ass and strong guy legit is punching some dude's face in yeah like there's in. like it's it's crinkle marks it's us when we are punching down dough it's true like the color is right and everything it is and monet queen just going for it yep um but madrox is having some feels across this flash page he's Sick of this, sick of never feeling as if he's in control of his own destiny, that he's always a pawn in someone else's design. And the- we turn the page in the art, it's back to normal. Right. Madrox has de-aged. <laughs> Pages one through four are done. Um, and he's just having all these feelings as he's beating up fake Darwins of jumping through hoops. And the simplest thing for him to do is generate some dupes to mm. deal with the fighting while he goes for. The head of the operation. Yeah. Like, enough of this. Get to it. Which I appreciate that pragmatism. So, yeah. And there's a weird thing of strong guy being absorbed into this Darwin. Who's yeah. like, yeah, it's weird. Dear listener, there's like a slimy thing growing up strong guy's arm now. Mm-hmm. And then he falls into water. There is a actual glub love so as they're fighting also strong guy in this issue drawn kind of hot very hunky yeah yes i mean hunkier than long shot even but it might mm-hmm. be the mullet that's doing it for mm-hmm. it's not a true it's more sh- no that's a mullet i was gonna say it's just shaggy from one of these images but you get a front view it's a mullet yeah um fighting fighting back to siren and richter um, Richter's trying to be helpful and get Siren out the door. And he has some bad hair. That, that, as that, long as we're on the hair. That continues. Yeah. He had good hair for like an issue. Yeah, where it didn't look so bad. Yeah. And this is this is shaggy. This is Yes, this is unkempt bull, but yeah. like three months after the bull cut. This belongs in the early 2000s. Maybe like no, we used a lot of hair product. No, in the early 2000s, like, like to spike up the front of the hair and everything. High School Musical Zac Efron had like the squishy <sighs> hair that looks so, natural without yes, obvious product. This is it. this is borderline Bieber era. This yes. is right before Bieber. Sure. That's your pop culture pop-up. I guess. We're in the pre-Bieber Richter hair moment. Yeah. And it's very confusing because Val is in the house. And Val's she- in the house. She should be in charge of these agents and she should just be like, get Terry to a hospital. Right? And Richter feels the compulsion to be like, Siren, you should fly. I will take this gun and hold them off and distract them while you get away. Like, come on, dude. He Val was on board with with Siren getting to the hospital. Yes. And Richter's character. So we're almost 40 issues into the series. I feel he was really developed in the first few issues, and it's kind of fallen off. Like, the character development... I would agree. There's a little bit more toxic mask than there used to be. Yeah. And I know that we're going to get more, obviously. There's a gigantic reveal in a little while, but not in this issue, but in a few episodes from now. And things are like, Maddox should have married you. If I were the dad, I would have. Now go! Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. 
it feels like he was the only character available to do this story beat. Because everyone else is occupied. And needs their powers. Yes. So give it to someone who's not powered. Yeah. But then he pulls a gun in front of these federal agents and he's like firing. Yeah. And they're like, aim clear of the woman. And Val tries to get out the door. And she's like, wait, this isn't necessary. There's all these shots fired. Val's not uncaring. Like, she, she's the pragmatic, like... She's logical. Like, she thinks things through. And she's like, yeah, this woman's giving birth. I'm going to help her. Yeah. Like, all you stupid men, stop being stupid men. Yes. But they were being stupid men. Siren creates a sonic wall for the bullets to bounce off of. Um, which is like, I can reload. And she's like, shut up. Yeah. Um, the idea of like him going out in a blaze of glory as a birthday present to this kid is not okay. Yeah. So I'm so glad that she points that out. And meanwhile, one of the bullets ricochets and hits Val. Yeah, Val Cooper got shot. And so... And I feel bad for her. Right? She wasn't the most sympathetic character before, but at least you were like, she's got her shit together. She, she she's doing her job she still has her shit together and now this happens because of other people being dumb yep her own crew and Richter so yeah siren grabs her flies off <laughs> to go to the hospital for two reasons now and then she's just like don't kill each other after i leave and Richter's like so what's up mm. and he's gonna be taken into custody they give val a thong like oh she has a whale tail siren is pulling her by her pants which like sure sturdy yep um but also that seems unnecessary yeah anyway we're back to this big battle yeah monet and longshot still flirting um <laughs> longshot's like part of my charm and i was like oh you're just loaded with charm aren't you and she's just taking care of business punching fake darwins in the face there are a lot of them. There were. It's also odd that they kind of goop out. Mm. So, Madrox Prime still going after well, the big bad. It's not odd that they goop out. We saw that last episode. Oh, yeah. Where the guy who tried to transform and then turned into flesh goo. True. So I think this is just a side effect of whatever fucked up experiment they're doing. Oh, and the evolution. That's why it was such <sighs> a goopy yeah. fake Darwin going up strong guy's arm. Mm. So big bad with his cane, because of course he has a cane. Yeah. Um, how much life experience do you have? More than any man should. Blah blah blah. We're gonna monologue together. Meanwhile, strong guy crashes through the floor and was like. Don't worry about me. Almost drowned, but I'm fine. <laughs> and yeah. Madrox goes after the big bad. Doesn't care about the long-term plans. Just cares about the deal. Yep. Just cares about getting his team out. And the big bad's like, perhaps we can come to agreement after all. So oh. now is the goop where they disintegrate. Now they're all disintegrating. Not on purpose as an evolutionary thing. No. Um, Monet points out that this is probably the opposite and equal reaction to the advanced evolution that they just they evolved evolve. too far. Yep. So Madrox frees Darwin from the tank. There's a dramatic crash as the tank bursts open. So yeah. Darwin and Speedo. It's true. They go back to the internal monologue. These people had Darwin for long enough to study what they needed. And instead of wasting all these resources, they can just cut their losses. And basically they did. Mm. He wasn't some world conquering demagogue. He was obviously a businessman. Turning over Darwin was just smart business. And the gang gets back together. It all works out. And we get end with strong guy calling Madrox, a blork. Like you do. Yep. And next issue, the birth. There is a small child wearing a Madrox suit on the cover of this issue. It is number 39. It is March 2009. 
we were 30. No, we were not 33. We were 23. Yeah. Oh, the 20s. Oh, youth. Oh, here's Peter David's note. Yeah. So I think this goes for people who are listening to this episode as well. What happened last issue is the header. X-Factor rescued Darwin from Mr. Maru and his overseers at Karma. Teresa went into labor. A firefight between Richter and a group of federal agents resulted in ricocheting bullets striking Val Cooper. What happened between issues? Header. X-Factor returned to their HQ to discover Siren gone and Richter under arrest, whereupon it was discovered that Richter's gun was actually a paint gun. Informed of this, a barely conscious Val Cooper ordered Richter's release before being wheeled into surgery, although a charge of assault remains pending. Everyone then went to the hospital to await the birth, and sure, we could have done a whole issue about that, but would you really have wanted to read it? Doesn't that sound kind of boring? Don't you want to get straight to the baby? Cut to the chase, as it were? Yeah, we thought so. And now, a personal plea from Peter David. As soon as you finish this issue, you're going to want to jump online and tell everyone you know about what happens. Get used to that feeling. You'll feel the same way for issues 40 and 41 as well. Please, out of consideration to your fellow fans, resist the urge. Speak in broad strokes as you wish, but I'm begging you, do not give a blow-by-blow accounting. That's what we're doing right now on the podcast. Yes. Don't even put spoiler warnings and think you've done due diligence because you shouldn't be providing the temptation for others to wreck it for themselves. X spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag X spoilers. This line is evergreen, apparently, from 2009. Yeah, it is. Uh, Every reader deserves to be as stunned and shocked as you by the developments herein. I'm asking you, do not ruin it for them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't be a twat, people. And we're not even talking about the dark web stuff because that we were planning on like reading much later once it comes out on Unlimited. So yeah, that's fine. Yes. That I can take spoilers about dark web. So, I mean. Because I there's a three-month lag between when comics come out and when they get uploaded onto Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. Flinkman has a whole spreadsheet that's programmed. Wow. Yeah. Like he enters in each week what he wants to read and then it dates out three months and lets him know. So I don't mean to say that as like a double standard of like dark rip spoilers are okay. Like, yeah, not, but like what is, what caused our beef was the main X titles. Yes. Yeah. And dark web stuff, like still with any spoiler, just wait a few days until you discuss it online. Yeah. Be respectful. Yeah, maybe do some vintage images of the characters or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So. All right, we're in the hospital. We are not in the hospital that you would anticipate. Is Siren here? No. Is Val here? Also no. This is Mr. Munoz. He's still alive. He is still alive. He wasn't smothered to death, but I think he's brain dead. Yeah, yes. Um, but Darwin is getting some closure for himself, which is, we love that. Yes. I forgive you, Father, and now I'll do my best to forget you. <laughs> May you rot in hell. And he leaves. Fair. Yeah. I'm not going to fault him for that. No. So we get our half splash page with multiple birth. It's Madrox and Harry. Hand in hand. Madrox is trying to explain about all their jobs that they were doing for Val. Mm-hmm. And Siren's like, yeah, it's true. You should have told us about all that. So also, especially before Strong Guy. Mm-hmm. So apparently he had just walked in and discovered it all. So there's some warnings about maybe not holding on to a pregnant woman's hand while she's giving birth or, or like during contractions. Yes. No one wants broken fingers. And out in the waiting room, there's the team patched up in Longshot's case. And I don't know, it's just entertaining. They're all sitting around. They're waiting for this baby to be born like it's just a nice juxtaposition between the previous issue where they're like in full battle mode and mm-hmm. now they're just sitting in some very uncomfortable looking chairs richter has his jacket on he does have his jacket from like the first issue oh with the orange yeah stripes yeah so then there's literally an ear splitting e this e covers one two three four panels worth of just like glass breaking things happening everywhere 
the glass breaking in the nursery where other newborns are currently residing. Yes. And someone's like, what was that? And they're like, no clue, but at least it stopped before the window. And then the window breaks. Mm. So, you know, you things can... are happening with Siren. Yes. Um, and like people are even poking their heads around the door. They're afraid to go in the room. So Yeah, like the medical staff. Real skeptical about like, can we even go in here without getting our eardrums shattered? Yeah. Someone's like, I go out for two minutes and all hell breaks loose. What happens? And one of the nurses is like, ask screaming Mimi over there. And I just love that a Siren and Mandrox can hear that. And also Siren's like, that's someone else. And she goes by Songbird now. Thank you very much. <laughs> Who Songbird, as an aside, this weekend and last weekend, we've been playing through more of Ultimate Alliance 2, which came out around this time. Oh. Um, but one of the playable characters is Songbird. It's true. We haven't played as her, but she's there. No, because we have our X team. Yeah. Ambit, who looks real bad. And his alternate costume is the vampire? I don't know. He looks undead. Yeah. Like little bits of flesh are about to fall off. Yeah. Iceman is weird. But Wolverine looks good. Yeah, I know. Well, I think because the X movie, so they actually put time into making. Yeah, they know where the bread is buttered. Yeah. And then we have Jean Grey. Who was clearly designed by a straight man because she's very busty her bosom is unnaturally large like as big as her head yeah i think bigger oh no it's bad it's bad people yeah but the voice acting is pretty good it is prince of teeves (laughs) anyway so we go she's ready to push this baby out yeah and mandrax even proposes it's a very um, touching moment. Yeah. Um, Mandrox explains, like, mansplains for the doctor, who's also a guy, mm. what a C-section is. And then he's like, are you a doctor? And he's like, sort of? <laughs> One of me was. One of me was. So Mandrox is even allowed in the C-section room where it's happening. Well, he's the father. He should be able, he can go in the delivery room. And he's got medical training. Yeah, true. So Terry asks him to marry him, marry her. He says, yes, he says it feels right. I've also gotten what that felt like. Um, no idea what the future holds, but I know this, whatever it is, Teresa's going to share it with me. They're like really building this up between yeah, the two of them. And like, it's him actually taking responsibility. Yeah. And like, there's not as much indecision, like mm-hmm. the theme of his character around this time is like, that he is so indecisive he can't decide what he wants in any sort of context yep but in this case he knows so baby goes off to the nursery um he sends a dupe after to like he can't be in two places at once but he can be in two places at once that's true because they know that ONE is interested in our baby. What if the baby was never breached? Maybe it was just a scheme to separate us from them. And <laughs> Mandrox is like, can I keep an eye on him through the glass? And the nurse is like, of course. Well, through the plastic sheet. Because yeah. they shatter the glass. Like, oh. They got that cleaned up really quick. All those babies. We kind of yeah. have to. Yeah. Mandrox is like, oh yeah, can you uh, add that to our bill? And the nurse is like, it's already been added. <laughs> like, those are some fun little asides yeah. to keep things going. He's doing this whole beaming thing, looking at the baby, saying, stealing the line from Beverly Crusher, my son. <laughs> so Val Cooper is laid up in bed. She has that oxygen tube in her nose. Yep. She, but she's back and with it. Like the dude's like, Are you sure you're okay? And she's like, If anything happens, I'll jump out of bed and kick his butt. Hmm. Um, they talk like, Oh, I'm surprised you're here talking to me and not standing guard. And yeah, the whole dupe plan. And Val's explaining, like, We're not the bad guys. We don't kidnap babies. Finding a safe environment for Siren and you to raise your child. That's what this was always about. And the matter was like, well, why did you try to drive a wedge between us? Why did you tell us that we were working together? 
Val, I just love her. I don't know about the previous government yeah. team that she ran, but I like this Val. Where's our Marvel legend of Val Cooper? It wasn't me driving a wedge. That was your girlfriend pissing me off, prompting me to say things I shouldn't have. Besides, if you decided to be honest with her in the first place, I couldn't have driven squat. Like, mm. laying the facts out there yeah. and owning, like... The fact that she continues to have this trend of saying things that piss people off, but she's also not wrong. Yeah, she's spitting the truth. Yep. Um, Maddox is like, we don't want your protection. We want to be left alone. And she's like, no, you don't. And he's like, I think I know what we want better than you do, Val. Um, she points out you want to work for the government. You want someone to tell you what to do and to make the decisions for you. Um, Sooner or later, you'll be, and he says, one of us, which is a call back to that Layla Miller line. It is. Goodbye, Val. Sorry you got shot. <laughs> She's like, tell the nurse I never got my jello. <laughs> which I really, I can't tell if he's like, I'm on it sarcastically or not, but I just, I'll, I really wanted that to be in a panel in the background. Mm. Get that woman her jello. Yeah. So he's monologuing. Um, trying to be like, but she's wrong, but actually she wasn't like having those decisions made for me actually feels kind of good. Um, I could never done it myself, except it's moved because she was the one rejecting the notion all this time. Um, about the marriage, mm-hmm. maybe it was the hormones talking. He's like, I need to grow up, I have a child now. Everyone's in law watching the baby. So his color is back to normal. Vitals are solid. He looks just like you. <laughs> Madrox. Really? I thought he looked like a drowned rat. Oh. <laughs> Strong guy. Well, yeah. What's your point? <laughs> Shade. So they're back in the siren. She's holding the baby. Everyone's very happy. Well, Monet has a resting bitch face. <laughs> I mean. Which? Same girl. On point. Um, they talk about naming him Nathan after the dude from the rooftop. And then Maddox is like, maybe we've had enough about with Nathan's. Like, um, Charlie, the Messiah complex thing with Cable and all that uh, nonsense. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure Sinister did something sinister. Yeah. Sinister is going to Sinister. He is. And if this were set in current continuity, Sinister would have been the big bad with those vats with Darwin. Oh, for sure. Um, Siren is actually coming to terms with her dad's death. Yeah. They decide to name the baby Sean. Oh. Oh, Banshee. And Monet is being very nice. That's right, Terry. And he died a hero. And she's like, but he died. That's all that matters to me. And Monet is like, but it's not all that would have mattered to him. How he died would have mattered. And having his grandson named for him would have mattered. And so, which makes me really happy again that I'm reading Generation X. Yeah. Because Monet spent a lot of time with Banshee. Yeah. And in his hunky 90s phase. And I really like that they're still continuing this friendship between the two of them. Yes. Like it wasn't just for those few issues where he slept with both of them and they're angry. Like they're legit supporting one another. It's true. Ever since the those super Christian child singers mission. Oh, yeah. That one. I where they were together and it, it's just so nice they went them to flying off into the sunset money dragging the elevator with the people <laughs> behind them such a good moment in their friendship yes so then jamie is going to hold his son for the first time and, and the baby reaches up his little hand grabs his dad's finger and he's talking about the purity of his son's presence and for the second time today i know absolutely for certain Everything is going to be all right. And the bottom panel on this page, you get Madrox and Monet saying, oh my God, with three exclamation points. Oh Um, my holy God. We get a full page panel. Yeah. Of Madrox absorbing his baby. This baby is being absorbed into his chest. The little golden shimmers are back. Yep. And that baby's disappearing. Yeah. Bye, baby Sean. My mind goes numb, in shock. I'm frozen, unable to move. I'm absorbing him. I'm absorbing him like any of my dupes. Siren is reaching out. Mandra saying, I can't help it. It's happening by itself. 
she's screaming. And then it's Madrox, what have you done? The team was just shocked. Yeah. Siren gets out of bed. What in God's name have you done? Give him back. Get him out of there. Give me my baby back. She's she's ripping at his shirt. Yep. Poor Terry has been through so much. Like, she's just come to terms with her father's death. Right? Like, her story arc so far through this entire series is super tragic. It is. Which I feel the... I don't know if it's a trope or not, of, like, all these shitty things happening seem to happen to women characters. It's happening a lot. Remember X Factor a couple years ago where she was just killing herself? Oh, the new X Factor. The new X Factor. Well, yeah, she was possessed by a death goddess. Is that any less tragic? (laughs) I mean, no. Poor Terry. When are we going to have, like, Terry's redemptive arc? And I feel like it's something that Chad brought up on Grey Malkin. And I think that that ex-wife has two. Like, these women are not served well in a lot of these storylines. Like, all these thing, shitty things just keep happening to them. It's not so much an agency thing mm. that they have any control over. It's just, like, they get kicked while they're down yep. repeatedly. And only through work of, uh, like, Leo Williams, I think, is, like, helping rebuild some of these characters yeah. back up again. Um. Which is good. And, and like, that's not to say, like, things are happening to her here. We still have, like, 50 issues. Well, yes. So I mean, there is still hope that there is something. And hopefully she's still around. Yes. In those 50 issues. I know. Who knows? But, and Peter David is typically very good with any gendered character. Like, building them back up again? In my experience, like, we haven't, like, we'll get to stuff with Monet in a few episodes and things like that. Like, he writes good stories no matter the gender of the character, but Terry, I feel, is the tragic character Yeah, in his writing of X-Factor. Especially that we've come across so far. Yeah, like she is the tragic hero. Yes. Because she was redeemed, like the whole alcoholism thing. Like yeah. she didn't give into that. So it, it's her going through trials, and maybe the story is has been less about Mad Rocks because Mad Rocks is sort of spinning his wheels. He's so far the biggest thing that's happened to him is he went into the future and came back. Right. Otherwise he hasn't really found much of himself, even when he was trying to find more of himself. Um, I think we've seen a lot more story happen with Terry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a monologuing as Terry rips literally rips into him yeah like she is clawing his skin he's bleeding his he he creates a dupe because he hits the floor and you know what the dupe says i hope she rips your god your damned heart out (laughs) it's what you did to her and it's no less than what you deserve Mm. and that's himself saying that to him yeah terry rips open her stitches yeah so they get her off um to get patched up um, the sort of thing that finally gets the team back together. Um, he absorbs this awful dupe. And the nurse sees it and is horrified. Yeah. Because he's literally explaining, like, I abs-. she's like, where's the baby? What happened to? And Maddox is like, I absorbed him just like this. And there he is in a closet in the yeah. dark. Do not blame him one bit. No. Um, and he's saying that he should have realized this, that this is a possibility. Um, strong guy comes to find him, says that Siren's out of surgery, <laughs> lots of painkillers, but she said she wanted to see you. Um, and to Jamie's credit, he goes, like, I would be terrified. Right? But it's not like you can do much running. Yeah. So, everyone, very tense. Yeah, he walks in the room. Everyone else is on one side of the bed, and then Jamie is on the other. Yeah, the symbolism is very apparent. So he explains, I think it was a dupe who fathered the baby, and apparently the offspring of a dupe isn't really anything more than 
dupes. He was going to say a dupe, but Terry cuts him off. Says, I'm sorry. And Mantis is like, you don't have anything to apologize for. She's like, yes, I do. Pour your finger as she breaks it. Next time I see you, it'll be your neck. Oh, and that's how the issue ends. That's how the omnibus ended. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was left in limbo for so long. I was like, how can they do this to us? Yeah. And uh, volume two of uh, this run of X-Factor Omnibus comes out this summer, I think. Oh, interesting. And it still doesn't contain everything. What? Like there will need to be a third Omnibus for this run. Oh, well, yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad it's big enough to warrant that. Yeah. And that people are actually buying them. Yeah. Like they're pumping out so many Peter David Omnibuses within the past few years. Well, the past couple and then moving forward it's awesome like his entire hulk run will be complete in omnibus form and there's a she hulk oh no that's the dead slots she hulk one that you gave me yes i have peter david she hulk here though oh Oh. the one that asked i wanted to read yes dance dance is this for me nibble nibble is this hey oh no this is not hey i'll read it anyway um also, his run with Captain Marvel. Oh. Marvel. That's right. Yes. Phyla Bell. All the bells. Genus Bell. That's it. It's Genus Bell. Oh, I was going to say that, but then you sounded so certain when you said Marvel. Well, it, he's son of Marvel. Oh, okay. Yes. So, how does Phyla Bell fit into that? I think Phyla Bell's evil. I think. Currently? I don't know. When does she get together with Moondragon? Oh, maybe not currently. I feel she was evil. Oh. Back in the day. Anyway, all Peter David stuff being put out in omnibus form. Yes. Which is a great way. (laughs) Um, Peter David also still recovering from a stroke. He's still in rehab. His wife posted an update a couple days ago. Oh, that's nice. um, That he's still working on strength. Like his mind is great. Oh, good. Um, It's just, as she put, the flesh is weak. So he is rehabbing for strength. And she is getting the house ready. Oh, good. So that it's easier for him to move around. That, yes. And she's like, the biggest challenge is figuring out where to put the cat's dishes. Oh. So they don't get underfoot. Oh, yeah. So all our best, of course, to Peter David. On a speedy recovery and a good rehabbing. Yes. And we are, we are not going to do a cliffhanger for you right now. We're going into issue 40 okay but they were kind of do a cliffhanger because they mentioned that 41 which we're not covering in this episode is also significant yes but we're not leaving you on the baby cliffhanger like the omnibus no so previously the birth of siren and mandrox's child dubbed sean went from joy to tragedy when the child's true nature was revealed in the most horrific manner imaginable what turned out to be an infant dupe was inadvertently absorbed into mandrox while a shocked team looked on Filled with cold, implacable fury, Siren broke one of Madrox's fingers and swore that when she next saw him, she would break his neck. Now, on a personal plea from Peter David, last issue, I begged readers to show restraint in discussing the stunning developments therein. Do not ruin the story for others by posting specifics all over the place on the internet. I have to say that, for the most part, people rose to the challenge. Reviewers bent over backwards to describe the impact of the issue, describe the impact the issue had on them without providing details. I'm asking readers to continue that self-control because I have to warn you, the climax of this issue will quite simply blow you away. And to be fair, I was reading this issue and I'm like, what are they talking about? Mm. There's no big reveal. And then there was a big reveal. (laughs) So we will get to there, get to that point. And we start off with a priest collar. Yep. Can't see the face, just the top of the chest with the little collar. Mm-hmm. And they're strapping on some sort of vest. Do you see it's a bulletproof vest? Yep. There is a police person talking to this priest who is hitherto un- um, unknown to us. Yes, un- unidentified. Although, to be fair, on the cover of the issue, there's the priest that looks like Madrox with the distressed Madrox standing over him with a gun. Yep. So you can take a guess that it's... We're uh, leading there somehow. Yeah, that it's Father John. And the priest... Where's is, our Father John action figure, Hasbro? Yeah. 
the much more kempt version of Jamie Madrox. Yeah. The Jamie Madrox who has his shit together. Yeah. But this priest version is saying like, this bulletproof vest is as much a concession as I'm willing to make. He has to see my face, he has to see my eyes, um, but I'm going to go in like this. And it's a 24-7 mart. There, he's like, oh, if anything happens to me, there's a nun from the Peace Corps I'm supposed to meet with. Tell her I'll be late. Send her my regrets if I don't make it out of here. And the priest goes in. He's there to minister to this person, Ronnie, who is holding it up. We got a hostage situation. We do. There are people cowering in front of what looks like notebooks and some chips. Oh, there's an ad for 2009 Star Trek. There is, and I was very confused because I'm like, oh, is this a Lower Decks thing? There's a cartoon version of a person, but it's 2009 Star Trek. Yes. So. John begins negotiating with this person who he seems to know. Yeah, he must have some sort of previous relationship with. And they're sort of like trying to get people out. One of the hostages is like, geez, Ronnie, you're such an idiot. It's like, you go. Yeah. Channeling Val Cooper. Yes. With that realness. And Ronnie's like, you just shut the hell up, Crystal. This is all your fault. And Father John points out, your fault you robbed this? Her fault that you are holding everyone hostage in Mm -hmm. here and robbing the store? And apparently this Ronnie person is just cannot get over this Larry person, who apparently is a nice person by stealing cigarettes for this crystal person. There's a lot of... I mean, did I say yeah. it with a lot of judgment? Yes, maybe. Yeah. And like he's pointing his gun to this dude's head and he gets ready to shoot because he's like, if he was nothing, he'd still be twice the man that you are. Ooh. Or twice what you are. I mm-hmm. should say twice the man. Um, and Father John's like, just calm down. Point the gun away. Unlock the hammer slowly. You haven't hit the point of no return yet. And there's a th- text bubble from off outside the image. I think you should shoot him. No. And it is a very unkempt Jamie Madrox with like a full beard thing happening. And his broken finger. And his broken finger. Yeah, we got a full page spread of scruffy Madrox looking at a can of beans. Yep. Anything would be better than listening to this teenage blah, blah, blah. I mean, seriously. Are you under the impression that anyone gives a crap about this? The only reason is that cops out there don't want you to kill these two and blow your own brains out is that they'll be stuck with doing the paperwork and cleaning up the mess. Do you know how big a mess it will be? Mm. And he pulled out a gun. There's a little bit of monologuing. They all scream. No reason they shouldn't. I hope for a moment the screaming will drown out the screaming I hear in my head even now after a month and it doesn't. Not even a little. And then there's a blam blam and a splash of red. But it's a watermelon. Yeah. Out of some panic from the cops and, and Father John running outside to say, it's fine. Only produce was shot. And it's the melons. And Mad Dogs explains, that's just a preview. Their remains would be way more decorative. If you shoot him in the head, and it goes through all that. If you shoot him in the stomach, there's all that. If you shoot him in the heart or the neck, it's like a fountain. It's so messy. And he goes into so much detail describing it that Ronnie can't hold his stomach down. It's really intense. Yeah. Like he, Madrox Prime is in a very dark place. Yeah, he is. And he is not shy about sharing that dark place with other people. It reminds me of that dupe who was in Detroit, who was drunk. I think it was in Detroit. The, the one, one who, who did Suicide by Cobb. Yes, who actually was a very good detective. Yeah. It, yeah. It's shades of that to me. It's also strange because we never actually knew for sure if Jamie absorbed that dupe's um, memories and experiences, like yeah. other dupes that have been killed. So um, they're now working on the resolution. There's an ambulance there tending to Crystal. Ronnie is being led away. And the time, well, where did this dude go? He must have had ninja training. <laughs> and Father John's like, oh, yeah, ninja training. Ha ha ha. <laughs> You'd be surprised. And he goes home. 
he's like, I need to pray to thank God that I'm alive. And um, his wife was like, that nun from the Peace Corps called to say she's running late. So he just says, when she gets here, send her over to the church. He goes in. He's praying. Not a lot of text. Nope. He says, dearest creator, thank you. And Mandrax Prime is lurking there to say, don't mention it. And they sort of go on this sort of dialogue between each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and Father John's like, did you change your mind? Are you here to reabsorb me? Why do you look so terrible? And Madrox sort of threatens absorption, but he says, no, live your life, John. Live it for both of us. He's clearly indicating like tension for self-harm yep these are some red flags yes the fact that he walked from detroit Mm -hmm. 627 miles to be precise because madrox prime bought a pedometer and madrox is there to say it say these things to john say it to god um he gives us these good things only to be snatched away i'm tired of being his whipping boy do you know where the tattoo for M came from on my face? And he goes into what happened to Layla and the dupe. Layla's stuck there, and my inability to find a way to rescue her is just another failure piled at my doorstep. Mm. And the Hamlet of the mutant world, John, always pondering what to do, struggling with decision. He goes into the monologue, like the Hamlet monologue. Yeah, there's a lot of text. Um, because a good never, never lasts and things only get worse than before and i can't take it anymore waiting for good things to crash and burn knowing it's inevitable and john is like i can't believe you came all this way just to make me see you kill yourself and my dog's prime says i didn't i came all this way to tell you something that i didn't want to say by phone or email and it's about father john's kid i know daniel wasn't adopted i checked you and your wife announced his birth you think he's your son, except you need to know that he's not. Ooh. So the monologue sort of skips the conversation ahead a little bit. Lay it all out for him. What happened back in Detroit, how a dupe of mine fathered a child with Teresa, except it wasn't a real child, but instead an infant dupe. One that I reabsorbed the moment I touched him. Which meant the same thing would have happened if John had held his son, or for that matter, when I interacted with him last year. And Father John's like, you can't just absorb a whole separate person. I think this is a whole personhood discussion, which mm, is interesting. Fair. It's very philosophical. It is. Like, I don't think it was ever a person. I think the dupes in utero's presence convinced Teresa's body that she was generally gestating. That's so weird. A hysterical pregnancy on a massive scale. I know. And this part got... That science is really off for me. It, yeah, it kind of confused me too. It doesn't, yeah. And it happened to Monet, except her mind was so much stronger, so she stopped it without realizing because she had morning sickness and then got over it. Oh, see, seeds are planted by Peter David. Yeah, that are followed. This is legit at least fifteen issues past that, right? And it was like two panels, and no one ever really mentioned it again. Yes, which gives me hope for like all the other sort of loose ends that are yeah. hanging out there. And Father John's like, I know he's not my son. Um, but he knew that they were, I knew from the beginning. And Daniel has no idea. Uh, so then that message has been delivered. Madrox Prime pulls out a gun. And. Like yeah. the tension is ratcheting up. There's some. It is. Yes, it is very tense. There's some real self-harm themes going on right now. Now I'm thinking I just want someone to call the team and let them know I'm gone, that it's over. They, they're they still there. They will have gone on without me. I call the firm from payphones every few days just to hear, hear Terry answer and say, XF Investigations, how can we help you? Then I hang up because she can't help me. No one can. Father John tries to say, I can, God can. I can't stand by and let you do this, Jamie. 
Madbox Prime is like, what if I threaten to absorb you? Will you stand by then? And Father John says no. Hmm. He makes a dive for the gun, but Madrox sprays something in his face. Like pepper spray? Yeah. But it knocks out Father John. There's a little bit of steam coming yeah. off his face. Um, you'll never get tired of trying, but I'm done. You're better than me. Goodbye, John. Goodbye, Terry. Goodbye, X Factor. And a text bubble from off panel says... Oh, but wait... So this is where you're thinking, like, is this the cliffhanger that he's talking about? But there's like, more pages. Right. And you're like, does Madrox kill himself? Like, is that the big thing? No. I mean, I was not there. I was, I, I was, my brain was moving too fast oh. to turn pages. Oh, no. I, that's where my mind went. I was like, is he going to kill himself? Um. So the, the text bubble from off panel says, that's a lot of goodbyes. You should give someone a chance to say goodbye back. And so Mattox is like, oh, perfect. There's and a nun in the doorway. There is a nun. She says, you're not going to kill yourself. And he's like, great. Now I've got nuns walking in and telling me what they think I'm going to do. And she says, not think. No. Maddox Prime says, yeah, how? And the nun says, well, two reasons. First. I'm not really a nun. I just told John that because, well, the truth is a bit more involved. And second, turn the page, full page reveal. I know stuff. It's a grown-up Layla Miller. It's a grown-up Layla Miller. Super exciting. Yeah. Layla's back. I saw this and I was just like, what? (laughs) Ah! Baby cute. (laughs) Ah! Your nephew. Then the nephew makes some adorable exciting sounds so you made one i did yes <laughs> you your speakers were not failing you to your yeah. listeners just me making sounds so uh, that's our cliffhanger for this episode yeah layla's back i was so excited to see her yeah it's really good to see her back and what does that mean how'd she get back and the fact that she has grown up Remember way back when, when Wolfsbane was part of the team. Oh, yeah. Where is she? And the eldest, what's his face? Are they the OG bad by? Yeah, Trip. Yeah. Trip, Merlin Trip. Yes. Who wasn't actually Merlin. Yes. Plants this image in Wolfsbane's mind of a grown up Layla Miller married to Jamie. And Wolfsbane killing them on their wedding night. Yes. Yeah. And for all this time, you're like, if you even thought about it, you're like, but how is Layla Miller going to come back as an adult? She's right. in the future. She's still a child. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And now she's back as an adult. Yeah. It can happen. But if it does happen, will Will Spain kill them? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? And well, I mean, maybe we'll find out. So that vision has to be paid off somewhere in the future. Right. And that was... Issue 10? Yeah. Like 10, 11, 12 with those three covers. Oh, I yeah. Think, I think it was in that arc. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think? There's a lot of heavy hitting stuff. Yeah. In these issues. The absorbing baby thing. I sort of knew it happened because other people had referenced it. Mm, yeah. It's hard to avoid now. Right. That Like, these are not spoilers. These yeah. are over... 10 years ago yep so you knew a baby was in the mix somehow right didn't know the details of it which generally for me is more i generally don't care about spoilers except now apparently i do yeah i'm having feelings about them but the that was big and like what's gonna happen to the team is gonna be so dramatic and we still don't know what's happening with the team. No, it's been a long time since we've known what's going on with this team. Like they had that one panel a few issues ago where they were happy in Detroit. Yeah. At one panel. But no one, all we know is that Terry's still answering the phone. Yep. And that's it. Yeah. Um, in terms of updates on the team after this month. And it's Layla Miller. Yeah. So excited to see her back. I know. So we're going to come back at you next time with another set of issues yes. that may or may not make sense being grouped together. Yeah, because one of the 41 apparently has a cliffhanger. Yeah, so um, 
everyone let us know your thoughts on these yeah on these big cliffhangers were you shocked and appalled about the baby yeah were you like Manish or siren should have just killed him mm. what what did you think about the it's not really a is it a dialogue if it's with yourself but a separate <laughs> entity of yourself I'm, we don't know <laughs> like the the character development the fil- of Mandrox in this episode. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about how in issue 39, a lot of, a lot of development has been invested in Terry. And here we're seeing Madrox with a whole lot of development in one issue. Yes. So let us know your thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Catch us on Instagram. We are at X Factor Files podcast. Do you miss the pop culture pop-ups? Do you? Do you really? Anyone out there? Yeah. And we will catch you next time. Be well, be safe. Bye.